welcome to Jurassic Park Minute, a podcast 65 million years in the making. Jurassic Park Minute is going to be a fan podcast that is going to chronicle and overanalyze the classic 1993 film Jurassic Park. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And you might know our docid tones from the Ghostbusters Minute podcast. And if you're coming over from Ghostbusters Minute, we want to thank you so much for joining us on our next adventure. I would say maybe like the second or third week you and I were doing Ghostbusters Minute, you turned to me and you said, Jurassic Park Minute. Yeah, this and is. I was like, "What? What are you talking about? That's an apropos of nothing." And I was like, "No, no, no." You, you were like, "No, I want to do Jurassic Park Minute." And I was like, "Yeah, okay, that sounds like a great idea." So, uh, for a while there, I think we were kind of starting to just kind of get the wheels turning on what we wanted to do uh, with Ghostbusters Minute and how we wanted to follow that further into other podcasts, right? Yeah, we definitely knew that we wanted to um, keep doing this, keep yeah. doing uh, this movie analyzation thing minute by minute and in podcast form and. Uh, the yeah, I don't know. It just felt like a sort of um, the natural evolution, the, the natural evolution of as where if, we were going to go. As, as the same way that a giant dinosaur would maybe evolve down into a small uh, chicken at that some is point. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Or a giant turkey, maybe. But uh, yeah. So in terms of why why Jurassic Park, um, for me, every uh, just about every generation has a cinematic blockbuster that. They that was kind of their own. It defines a generation. It defines a generation, and uh, it, it it's basically for you whatever that was whenever you sort of came online, if you will. Mm-hmm. As long as you've had a memory, you have had a movie, a big movie that has sort of been the movie event of your generation. For a lot of people, it was Star Wars. For some people, it's been Harry Potter, maybe Lord of the Rings. Um, but typically it's a movie that breaks down barriers and it 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 elevates the genre or the medium to a new form. So we're talking about like uh, in you know, Birth of a Nation was like long format storytelling. Uh, the Jazz Singer was the first movie with sound. Jurassic Park, uh, it falls into all that because it's the first movie that really used uh, CGI uh, enhanced special effects to, to a great effect to really push the storytelling, right? That's right. That's definitely one of the cornerstones of this movie is its technical advancements, uh, right. in particular CGI. Um you know, you had seen that in a few movies coming up before then, but it wasn't until Jurassic Park that all audiences were able to see this. Uh, a movie that came shortly before that really showcased uh, CGI was Terminator 2. Well, that was an R-rated film, so it was very limited to how many people could uh, witness this amazing um, birth of te- filmmaking technology. And it wasn't until Jurassic Park that uh, much larger audiences were able to to see this magic. These right. things, these things come uh, come to life, and that was a big part of this movie. Witness the giant technological leap that was Jurassic Park. That's so, right. And then after that movie came out, film was never the same. It was never the same. No. Do you remember that summer? I think it was Jurassic Park and Last Action Hero were the two big movies That's opening right. that were supposed to go up against each other. And like Last Action Hero, even with Arnold Schwarzenegger, the, one of the biggest movie stars to ever live, didn't stand a chance up against Steven Spielberg's CGI dinosaurs. Right. And it it, it wasn't just the dinosaurs. It was the it was the film. Made all around it was um, yeah. this character-driven piece that uh, was just in the hands of the most proficient filmmaker, arguably of all time, and um, it has it, it just hasn't gone away. It hasn't gone away, and you've seen it uh, carried on in different sequels. And now we have recently, you know, in the time of this recording, seen Jurassic World come around, and this film franchise has sort of had a, a great rebirth. So uh, for me, it was I was eight years old when this movie came out, and it was my um, my generation's Star Wars, if you will, mm-hmm. because it was the first movie uh, summer blockbuster that I can remember um, being aware of, and I remember uh, going to see. I think it was like Batman Returns when 
if I'm not mistaken, it was that movie when I saw the teaser trailer, and I had had no idea what Jurassic Park was. I wasn't aware of the book or anything, and I remember you turning to me and saying, oh, this is this thing I've heard about. This is going to be huge. And uh, I just remember in that teaser the microscope and then the um, uh, image of the mosquito and the amber and then the logo, and those things just sort of just, um, I don't know, doing something to me in my little mind. It awoken something inside of me. It awoken something and said, like, this is where... This is where your passion in life is going to be. It's going to be in movies, and this is the thing that's really going to bring it home for you, is this movie, Jurassic Park. And one so. of these days, you're going to get in front of a microphone, <laughs> and right. you're going to analyze yeah. this movie one minute by at a time. One so. minute at a time. So for folks who are out there who are fans of the Ghostbusters Minute Podcast, what the, what it, and they're probably I'm sure they're fans of Minute by Minute Podcast, what can they expect from Jurassic Park Minute? Is it going to be uh, the same format? As Ghostbusters Minute, are we going to do anything different this time around? Uh, it's a little bit of both. A yeah. little bit of both. I mean, obviously, this this format of uh, studying movies minute by minute, you, there's not really a whole lot you can change about that. But mm-hmm. we definitely don't want it to be the same thing that Ghostbusters Minute is. We definitely want this to be something a little bit unique. Uh, and through that, we're going to have probably more special guests on to mm-hmm. speak. We're going to have them who aren't just people who... Uh, are affiliated with movies. Mm-hmm. We're probably going to have some people on who are, say, experts in the field of paleontology. Yeah. We apologize to our family. I apologize to my <laughs> wife ahead of time. I might be working some late nights at the office, uh, you know, <laughs> talking to paleontologists over the internet. That's right. But I hope that she understands. Well, t- tell me this, yeah. uh, co-host. What does Jurassic Park mean to you? And when did you sort of first become aware of it? So I guess I had read the book before the movie. No, 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 no. I saw the movie first. First, that's right. And then I heard so much about the book and, and how great it was that I read it immediately like the next day. I saw the movie, bought the book in like a, um, a, a K&B drugstore or something like that. And then I think I went to camp and I read the book as I was at camp. But I remember I went to camp the week after I saw Jurassic Park for the first time and I would not shut up about it. Mm-hmm. I talked to everybody I could and told them like, oh, uh, you guys need to see this movie when you go back. Because it blew up to the biggest movie ever, like highest grossing film ever while we were at camp. And I was the only guy like at camp that had seen it for some reason. And I was just telling everybody like, you guys, as soon, you, you, you don't understand. Everything is different now. Everything is different. Dinosaurs are real. So uh, when the movie came out at first, I was kind of, I, it was, I was very aware of it because there was a book. There used to be a series of books called A Day in the Life. And A Day in the Life would go to like uh, New York, and they would put these photographers in New York, and in one day in New York, they would take as many uh, photographs as they could, and they compile it into a book of this is just one day in the life. Well, they did a day in the life of Hollywood, and one of the things they did during this is they went to the set of Jurassic Park and took a bunch of pictures of what was going on. Well, they this book was a big deal when it was coming out, and I think it was like 1992 or whatever, but so they previewed this book on some nightly news thing, and I remember seeing pictures of Steven Spielberg sitting on top of dinosaurs that were grayed out, that someone had gone in with a pencil and just grayed out the dinosaur in the image yeah. because they were so realistic. They're like, we cannot show you the dinosaurs in these pictures, but here's Steven Spielberg sitting on top of, you know, what would have become the Triceratops laying on its side. So uh, as a kid, as a huge fan of dinosaurs um, growing up, this was it kind of, that was dormant in me by the time that I saw this movie, but it was exciting from beginning to end. And I was impressed by the dinosaurs and how real they looked. But the thing that really blew me away was the sense of adventure that the movie had. It was, uh, it, it's, it's so much fun to watch. And it, there's something like what, seven minutes of dinosaurs in the movie. Or yeah. It's, it's not a whole lot. It's not a whole lot. I, I don't care about that. I'm there for the, the way it sets itself up, the mystery it has, uh, the, the way that it uses science. It's basically uh, Dr. Frankenstein's Mary Shelley's Frankenstein story over again. Yeah. Right. It, it, but it is, it took that fundamental idea of, uh, science in the wrong hands and uh, used it to, to great effect. And I, I absolutely love this movie when I saw it. 
Uh, I think that as far as filmmaking goes, it fascinates me because it's taking um, a technological aspect of filmmaking, the the, the CGI stuff. And I, I love it when film can be artistic and blue collar and also kind of push science at the same time. So I love seeing like special effects because to me having, you know, done some film stuff, I know that all that those special effects are usually guys with their sleeves rolled up blue collar people trying to make things work with whatever they have sitting around. So even though they're using like science and technology, it's also kind of like a a real like gritty, you know, kind of like work ethic behind it too, which I can appreciate. So for me, Jurassic park is more than anything else. It's an adventure uh, movie, and uh, I can't wait to undertake this adventure of dissecting Jurassic Park minute by minute and trying to get to, as we did with Ghostbusters to a degree, get to the, the backstory and all this stuff too, and it's going to require a lot of research for you and I, and that's also why we're giving ourselves a lot of lead time on this, because it's going to take a lot of research uh, you know, into the field of paleontology, into uh, biomedical science, which I would oh, love yeah. that we're going to do some Absolutely. research on DNA. Because one thing we try to do with Ghostbusters Minute is really you know, look into the background, figure out what's going on, and dissect everything in the scene, and and try to fill up a 15-minute podcast yeah. from one minute of screen time with everything that we see. So That's right. This is um, about more than just uh, studying these movies minute by minute. Yeah. It's, it's about getting into the world of what these films are about. Right. It's, it's, it goes beyond just uh, fandom of the movie and study in studying the movie. I'm sorry. I keep cutting you off. Go ahead. No, I also want to say like, I'm a huge, well, at least was back in the day after I saw this movie, I think it was going into my freshman year of high school. I read every book Michael Crichton had published in a three month period. Yeah. Uh, and I have never, I've really kind of stopped reading after that point. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I read on and off, but it was only like, you know, the big books or whatever, but I'm a huge Michael Crichton fan and I love what he did in Congo and sphere. And I really wish those movies had lived up to the potential of Jurassic park as a film as well. But uh, I'd like to talk some about Michael Crichton and the legacy that he left behind yeah. because he's got so many fantastic books that haven't been adapted the, yet. The great thing. And again, we're going to get into this whenever we talk more about it. But, yeah. um, the, the wonderful thing about Michael Crichton is the fact that you were learning when you didn't know you were learning. And even if you're not learning, uh, he's making you feel like you're learning. Exactly. So there's a lot of stuff that he did and it's just, he made you feel smart because you read it because you could understand what he was saying. He had a way of making you feel like a smart person. Mm-hmm. So, well, that does it for uh, the pilot. I mean, I, I cannot express how excited I am, how excited we are to, to take on this adventure. And, uh, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. I think I'm speaking on behalf of a large part of society. Yeah. And, uh, and I can't wait to break down, uh, this, this, very, very, very important movie. All right, folks, we'll join us back here for minute number zero, the first 60 seconds of Jurassic Park. And get ready to have a great time because we're going to go through this thing minute by minute and uh, it's going to be a fascinating, really fun time. Jurassic Park Minute is a fan supported podcast. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at Jurassic Park Minute at gmail.com. And visit us online at JurassicParkMinute.com, Facebook.com slash Jurassic Park Minute, and Twitter.com slash Jurassic Minute. 